Good morning and welcome to episode 55 of A Better Father. Uh, this one I'll be talking about uh, Child First Program Day 2. And this might be a split episode based off time constraints and stuff. I'm going to do my best to get this up on Tuesday as my plan has been from the beginning. And I just want to say I don't know why most people have children. I have kind of probably touched on this before, but I just watch parents with their kids. I listen to the way people talk. I know people have bad moments or whatever. But it just seems like the majority of people just are like, I had a kid and now my life is stressed and this and that. And I had it like, just why did you do it if you apparently didn't really want to do it? It is insane to me. But taking all of that out, I'm at the class. And the reason I actually just said that is, so one of the things that's in the Child First program, 15 things, 15 things you must do but may not want to do. So at least they give that caveat. But... Uh, like number six is enjoy your child free time and just no (laughs) like I like my child I'm not trying to get rid of her and to try to find a way to enjoy that child free time is ridiculous because I mean again you're gonna have to move on you're gonna have to figure this stuff out but to list that as a caveat to your divorce is just heartbreaking and I get the good intention behind it but just stop just the reality and again it's different for everybody so maybe somebody else is like woohoo like now I don't have to deal with this or whatever but it goes back to my first statement opening this up is then why did you have a kid if you just didn't want one and I was on the opposite side where I didn't want kids I had a kid and now I'm being told like enjoy that time without your child and it's like well no you brought this into my life you put me in a situation to have a child you left me alone with her for five years and then say well now enjoy your time without her like screw you ah And it's just the same thing where people are like, children are resilient. No, they're not. This shit fucks us up for the rest of our life. Like, stop saying these things that are just ignorant and wrong to try to make me as an adult feel better. Because what makes me feel better is the truth. And to say, okay, this is going to fuck your kid up for the rest of her life. Let's try our best to work within those bounds of this thing we're doing. Because parents who don't get divorced are still going to have these effects or some effects or a different effect or whatever. So on every level, we're all just where we're at doing what we can with what we've got. But don't tell me as I'm going through a divorce and the only thing I care about, finances, yes, but is my daughter and what we can do to try to keep her from having to be screwed over by this as much as possible. And everything on these lists, which there is a bunch, well, 15 things, 15 don'ts for co-parenting. Don't attempt to sabotage your child's relationship with the other parent. Don't badmouth your ex or ex's new significant other. Don't use your child as a messenger. Don't tell your child grown-up details about why you broke up. Don't use your child as a weapon to wound your ex. Don't punish the grandparents. Don't get rid of family photos or other keepsakes. Don't rush into another relationship. Don't pressure your child to approve of your new relationship. And don't buy things for your child out of guilt or to compare with your ex. Don't bash marriage, relationships, or your ex's gender, and don't wallow. Ugh. Just, oh, that class made me feel like such crap. 
it just reduced me to a hollow shell of just, this is why I didn't want to have a kid because I didn't want to put a child through everything that ended up being what I tried to avoid my whole life. And it's just crushing. And so, and even when I like read these things, yes, like I wanted to get rid of all the photos, all of these things, because I have to look at them too. And then in the best interest of my child, I have to keep these things up. And it's just stabbing me in the heart. And I have this Google Google photo album where I try to make it all just pictures of my daughter. It wasn't even like filtering me in there or whatever. But Google started doing its thing and pulling up all the pictures. And so there's a bunch of her mom in there. And I wanted to go through and be like, delete, 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 delete. Not like forever, just from my picture frame that I'm looking at. Now I'm like, well, I guess I should probably keep these random sporadic pictures of her mother in there because that is the right thing to do. But it just hurts when you are the one who has been lied to, cheated on, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, you're supposed to go through all of these things while still having to be, like, super divorcee parent. And it's just, it is crushing. And that is kind of where I've been at since Thursday is just processing all of this stuff with this person who I still continue to try to work with, much to the dismay of some of the people in my bubble who have been amazing, as I've mentioned before, but it's just like, this person doesn't want to work with you, get that through your thick skull. And I'm like, but why wouldn't you, if it's not about working with me, it's about what's in the best interest of our daughter. Hate me all you want. That is fine. I think very unhighly of you at this point, but it's not about us anymore. And so, ugh, yeah. So in the, uh, honor of this podcast of the day too, I will just read the 15 things you must do but may not want to do. Know which pitches to swing at and which to let pass. Be the bigger co-parent. Take responsibility. Be flexible. Lose the sense of entitlement. Enjoy your child free time. Ugh. Respect your child's relationship with the other parent. Encourage your child to respect the other parent. Keep the lines of communication open. See your ex through your child's eyes. Mind your own business, move on, turn over a new leaf, offer ask for forgiveness, look to the future. Honestly, that sounds like marriage counseling of like, hey, how do we keep this going? And that sucks because there was a moment when we were going to couples counseling where the soon-to-be ex made a comment like, this would really suck if this is just a communication gap and we end this over that. And I was kind of like, what? Like... You're the one who's been lying, hiding, keeping secrets, being shady. And and it's like, (laughs) like, it's just that moment where you're just like, yeah, stop being horrible and crazy and shady and lying. And that would probably help the situation. But you didn't. And then there's this family services thing where all the things we're supposed to do are all the things that would probably have mended it. So somehow in the divorce with this person who is being horrible acting horribly and being horrible, you're supposed to do all the things you couldn't do when you were trying to make the marriage work in the best interest of you as a couple and as your child. It, it's a pretzel, and I get it. Like, this is why divorce is horrible and stuff. So I am just sort of free-flow venting at this point. But let me let me track this around. Let me kind of bring this back around because I'm letting my frustrations over the class come out. But... I do think the class 
served a purpose is that it did get me to focus. It pointed out some key items that are probably beneficial to keep in mind. Um, it it was other people like it ended up just being other people just being sad and telling their sad stories, which is a lot of that, which is a little frustrating because I just wanted to go home to my kid. I wasn't a jerk or anything. I didn't talk at all because I was holding back tears the whole time and trying my best not to bawl. So even when I thought I had some good advice or good thoughts, it was just like, if words come out of my mouth, tears come out of my eyes. And at one point she had asked, uh, how did you tell your kids? Literally everybody in the room, and there was 10, 12 of us, somewhere around there, eight to 12. I wasn't fully whole paying attention to the number of people in the room. I was obviously paying attention to the, the stuff that was being talked about, but I didn't count people. But anyway, is how did you tell your kids? And like nobody did. Nobody told their kids in any constructive, good, serious, poignant way. It was just like, oh, they found out or they figured it out or, oh, my kid's young enough, it doesn't matter. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, God, that was my childhood because I had checked with my sister. Did our parents ever tell us? I'm like, nope. Just they skipped the part where they let their kids know their lives were getting uprooted. And then I go back to this situation with this person who refuses to connect or talk or work with me on anything and has accused me of horribly nasty things while leaving me alone and then coming back and being like, you suck, I'm leaving again. But we sat down and figured out how to tell our daughter this because it was super important to me and I pushed it because I wasn't going to let my daughter be like, wait a minute, what's going on? And I think I mentioned this before too, but we even went to a counselor because she told me I was wrong yet once again to tell our daughter early. And he said like, no, that's amazing. If you can tell her and show her you're still functioning somewhat as a family. And then when it's time to move out or when these things happen, it's, it's an understanding and it's this process of this is what we talked about. This is now happening. Not like, hey, mom and dad couldn't figure it out. We're going to different homes. Like, no, like she now is aware and we can talk about things or reference things or say things that make it purposeful and poignant to her and I apologize if you keep hearing my cat she doesn't normally meow like this like in the middle of the day she's just doing it I guess because I'm not talking to her but anyway um so we did we did these like key things right and I don't know why we can't do the rest of the key things right but the child first class again I don't know how this works on different state levels but it's it was good it was horrible and it broke my heart and it just made me sad but I, I get it and I understand it and so when you go there and you see like oh these are better ways to talk or these are better ways to communicate or just having that reminder which was kind of the whole point of this podcast is it's like you go into a classroom you sit and somebody tells you like don't be a jerk yeah, yeah that's right I can't be a jerk like just get over yourself do what's best and right for your daughter and just bring it down a notch and even like see your ex through your child's eyes and just little reminders to just bring it back in focus on what's important I keep saying like my daughter's my number one priority and she is so make sure you are acting in a way that shows that and and it's hard and it you take all the hurt and pain of six years of somebody treating you horribly and 12 years of lies which again I wasn't always perfect either, so we all have our stuff. I just wish people were honest on a larger scale, which is why I haven't gotten involved with anybody because I don't want to be like, hey, 
currently living with this horrible person I'm divorcing, I have a child, we're still figuring it out, you could be jumping into a relationship that's going to end in a horrible battle, or you could end up in a relationship where we figured everything out and everything's fine, and you just get to be somebody in my life, like, why do that to somebody, so... So I didn't want to start off my next situation, whoever that may be, whether it's for the rest of my life or for a week, with, you know, like having to not be honest about it because I wouldn't get involved with somebody who's like, oh, this is my situation. So, but anyway, so the child first class, day two, I feel like I covered it all right, talked about it. Mainly it just made me sad. I tried not to cry. I got out of there and then I've been processing it ever since and I couldn't wait to talk about it on this podcast. I just didn't have the opportunity and um, there are other points and things to talk about from the sheet, which I think are all, again, some of it's just like, enjoy your child-free time. No, that's not my goal in life. And on a last side note, it's we're acting in the best interest of our child to do this, and that I struggle with too, because putting her in this situation, breaking up her family, putting her in two separate homes, cutting her time down with each parent, it's just not just be honest about these things when you're saying this and then try your best but if you're lying about it then you're not doing your best to try to correct it or fix it or do what's best for the situation you're literally lying so again there are different situations different things and everybody has a story and I think our daughter watching her mom and dad not communicate sit at a table and act like the other one isn't sitting there is not beneficial to her but that goes down a whole other rabbit hole of stuff. So that is day two of Child First program, which I I would recommend doing something similar, going online if your state doesn't mandate it, um, and just getting these reminders. Or listen to my podcast or share it with somebody else where I talk about these things and put it in um, perspective of where we're at in this process and what's important in this process and then while you're putting your child first figure out how to take care of yourself too because it's a lot you you took a really complex situation and you just quadrupled it or more that's a lot to process and maybe something more to talk about on the next podcast because this one i'm going to say thank you for listening to a better father i appreciate you listening and for now goodbye